GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast series. And today I'd like to introduce you to Matt Woolard, who's the business development uh, manager for the, or director, sorry, for the National Skin Cancer Centres. But probably a better way of introducing Matt. Uh, and probably myself. So I'm Paul Elmsley. I'm the founder and CEO of HealthCert, but also of the National Skin Cancer Centres. Uh, and Matt and my journey goes back uh, over 22 years ago when we first got involved with a general practice and then later moved into the world of skin. And, and Matt, Matt and I have collectively owned or operated probably over 30 uh, medical practices over the years. And I thought today's topic would be a great one to bring Matt in, having been in the industry for a long time and obviously worked with doctors and practices to discuss this topic, and the topic is somewhat controversial, is why doctors' percentages don't matter. And we're going to frame that particular conversation in a moment. And typically, this is an audience of doctors who are, you know, subcontractors working inside medical practices. And we just want to help people just maybe understand or think a little bit about what actually percentages mean and also what, I suppose, numbers and, and money means, particularly in a, in a medical practice environment. So welcome, Matt. Thank you very much for your time. Hi, Paul. Excellent. Um, so I think just firstly, uh, just to frame the topic. So uh, from our experience and, and our experiences as practice, uh, I suppose, owners, managers, but also working with the education business and also helping many doctors on their journey of you know, professional development and, and looking to shifting and moving jobs, we quite often obviously have doctors coming back and talking to us about, you know, obviously the percentage they want to get paid or so the service fee. And the other way, the way you conversely look at it is the service fee that they're paying the practice. And I think what's been interesting, I think from my journey all over these years is that the fixation on the percentage being the magical number, somehow, this percentage, if it's higher, means the doctor is of higher value to the practice or to their patients or, or to the medical community. And I think that what we really want to get clear today is that the percentages actually don't matter whatsoever because ultimately the percentages are not the, the money that's getting paid into your bank account, which helps you know feed your family, pay your mortgages, um, send your kids to school, all of those sorts of things. A percentage is a number, but the number isn't truly reflective to actually the income that you're earning. Matt, some thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, well, I do agree. And we do see doctors billing, you know, a huge range in some doctors might be billing, you know, two or $300 an hour and other doctors might be billing six or $700 an hour. So the percentage you get paid of that is a completely different number depending on how much you're actually turning over per hour and turning over per hour in uh, in dollars. Um, and I do think it's also important to to frame it is it's not the percentage that we pay our doctors; it's the percentage that our doctors pay us for the use of the facility, what we call our service fee, and that's the number that we very much focus on. Yeah, I think what we just wanted to sort of share this is some basic maths. I mean, as everyone can appreciate, you know, let's say we're let's say it's a hundred dollars, just to keep the maths really simple. You know, if a doctor's on let's say sixty or sixty-five percent of a hundred, it's obviously sixty or sixty-five dollars that would come to the doctor. But if the billing was a hundred and fifty, and let's say just using fifty percent, just to make it even simpler, just as far as a measure is concerned the doctor would actually be earning $75 instead of 60 or 65. 
And I, I think what's interesting for us is that when we do talk to doctors and we ask them, how much did you earn last year? Uh, you know, as far as an income is concerned, for the most part, most doctors actually can't tell us that number. Or if we were to ask them, what, how much do you make per hour? Or what do you turn over per hour? Obviously, for every hour that you spend with your patients and deliver services, there's a dollar that's generated per hour. Most doctors can't tell us that number either. And to be honest with you, the percentage is irrelevant in the sense that it isn't the money that's in your bank account. It's, it's, it's one measure of obviously how it's calculated. But as Matt just shared, you know, it's much better to have a much larger dollar per hour number um, than it is necessarily a higher percentage. Because as I said, a high percentage of a small number is still a small number. Uh, whereas obviously a smaller percentage, but of a much higher number is obviously much more beneficial to the doctors. And, and I think that what we're looking for is just really for people, and I'm really keen, Matt, for your experience on how does a doctor actually find out how much they make and also how much they make uh, per hour or turnover per hour within a practice? Okay. So when we look at what we call as a, one of the key performance indicators that we use in our business is dollar per hour. So the first thing is to sort of determine which, which hour are we referring to? You know, when we count hours, you know, are you counting from the, the, the minute the doctor started to the end of the day? Are you including just the time that the patient, the doctor has a patient in front of them? Um, our recommendation, the best and how we calculate it in our business, is we, though, the start of the session to the end of the day, exclude lunch break, but we include those short catch-up appointments. We include um, patients that don't arrive because essentially that has to be allowed for. So that'll then give us the, the total number of hours worked in the day. So say that a doctor has eight hours in the appointment book. We then look at the dollars. So when it comes to the dollars, you've got two options here. You can look at the, the receipts, so what you receipt, which is usually how you'd be paying your doctors, or you can look at what they bill. Now, if you go with receipts, you really need to have about a four-week block of hours and a four-week block of receipts to give you an accurate indication of what you're actually turning over per hour. But most clinical software these days will give you a very accurate report of what income you generated each day. So all you need to do is simply calculate the number of hours you worked each day, divide the, the number or the amount that you build that day by the number of hours, and you should have your dollar per hour. I'd also recommend doing this on a weekly basis because a Monday and a Tuesday could be very different, but a week to week is very consistently the same. So that's how we would record and, and track our dollar per hours on our doctor's call. Yeah, and, and I think that um, uh, one thing, as I said, is, uh, you, know, as a, as a, you know, as a doctor, obviously what matters most is obviously the, the income that you're taking home to your family, right, or, or to yourself. But so having a, a good understanding of what you, what you earned last year, um, as Matt just shared, working out your dollar per hour. And then the other activity that we would encourage you to look at is then look at what actions or activities I can do to actually increase that dollar per hour. Now, typically within a practice, there's different ways you can you know, grow your dollar per hour. I mean, one is obviously is the practice puts up the price. I mean, obviously if the price goes up, it automatically would grow um, you know, your income and also the practice's income at the same time. But there are still plenty of ways where you can grow your, your practice uh, revenue. One would be looking at efficiencies. Is there 
ways that in your practice, something that you're not getting remunerated for. So let's, a classic example, I know in our environment is taking out sutures, right? Suture removals was included in the cost of the procedure and is much better being done by a nurse, which is a lower cost resource, than allowing you as the doctor to go on and see more patients to generate more income. So there might be, once again, um, some workplace efficiencies within your practice. Um, you know, you might choose to subspecialize. So let's say pick up some new skills, which uh, are services, which typically would be billing at a higher rate that you might necessarily be referring out into your practice. So the classic example of that would be, uh, you know, let's say doing, you know, skin cancer procedures versus referring them out. Um, and there are other, you know, revenue streams that could be looked to be incorporated. And I think what we're just trying to look at is, is when you've got a number and then you want to look at that number, you then want to understand, well, is that a good number or not? And then what can I do to improve it, right? And the advantage is, is that if we look at, once again, whether it is putting up um, the prices, now bear in mind, prices should go up a little bit all the time because the cost of living goes up all the time anyway. Um, but if you can look at, once again, either evaluated services services or or product efficiency, or, or that's going to help you and the practice grow the income collectively together. So that sort of creates this win-win situation. Matt, what sort of things have you come across that uh, I think, you know, when a doctor does get their dollar per hour number, what actions or activities should they look at doing when they do get that information? Well, I, in our space being skin cancer, we try and be able to give, try, try and give our doctors uh, a, an indication of what they're billing when they're in consult versus when they're in procedure. So when they're in procedures, they're usually billing a lot more. It means that they can look at what workflows they could modify and it might come down to, you know, am I doing three patients an hour? Am I doing four patients an hour? For example, if you choose to do your biopsies in a procedure versus doing them on the spot in a skin check, you may find that change in workflow increases your revenue per hour quite a bit. Uh, there, there are lots of little things you can do when it comes to looking at, um, and I suppose in general practice, it's working with the nursing team and care plans and managing your time better to be able to get the best return per hour. Excellent. No, I agree. So um, I think, look, you know, Walter just trying to, 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 you know, I think discuss once again is really the importance of, uh, you know, you as a doctor understanding how much you earn, how, then putting it into a little bite-sized piece, which is obviously that dollar per hour model, and then look at the ways of doing it, but also to track it. So if you're at the beginning of the year and, you know, you're billing, you know, 350 or 400 an hour, you know, set yourself a goal of trying to get to 450, uh, you know, by the end of the year or whatever that is, and then work out how you can do that. And you can work with the practice once again to do that, because some of these things that you're going to want to do to optimise your efficiency, et cetera, are definitely going to be uh, need the practice's support for that. Um, but by doing that, once again, you create a better situation for yourself, but also for the practice. Um, but I'm just really, really conscious of the fact that is that net dollar that you take home is the magical number. And that's the one you need to focus on, uh, understand what it is, and then work out on strategies on how to grow it. Um, Matt, any other final comments you want to oh, make? Yeah, I suppose the, the most important thing I and always remind our doctors is you sort of get what you pay for. If you're paying 35% of your, your billings of, to the practice for the use of the facility, essentially that practice has to deliver that, that facility and that service within the budget that you, you've given them. And if you're not covering the cost, you are, you know, the, the business essentially 
could become quite quickly unviable. And we, we see that often happen where, where practices are potentially providing more services than they're getting paid for. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the key thing is really is that, you know, the, the desire to have a healthy ecosystem for everybody. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, running a practice isn't easy. I'm sure everyone would understand that. You know, you've got, you know, buildings, dealing with landlords, you've got fit outs, equipment, you've got staff, you've got consumables, you've got electricity, internet, all these things, which obviously do come at a cost. And I, I think that, um, you know, it's important that we make sure that our team members are obviously not stretched to their bare bones and obviously, uh, you know, rewarded obviously for the good work they do because ultimately, you know, without having a great reception or nursing team or practice manager, you know, it's impossible for you to do your job, which is to obviously serve your patients. Um, so there is this importance of trying to create this ecosystem, which is good for all, but, but just more importantly, as I said, the thing that really should matter the most for you is the money that you take home. And that's the thing you should be looking at understanding and then working out strategies on how to grow it versus necessarily um, you know, looking for to, to increase percentages because increasing percentages may not really do, obviously in the short term might give you a bump, but really there's many, many other ways you can actually grow your income, which once again sort of doesn't take away from the practice's ability to be able to provide you the support and services you need to do your job. Mm. Well, look, often, you know, in improving your efficiency comes down to better using the resources that the practice is, is paying for. So going back to the practice and, you know, getting another 5% reduction in your service fee is going to make it harder for your practice to be able to give you that support to actually turn over. So, you know, in, in, in taking an extra 5% or reducing your service fee 5% may severely limit you from increasing your revenue, maybe 10, 15, 20%, which would give you a much better dollar return on your effort. Excellent. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it very much. It's uh, one of those sort of more difficult areas. But if, if anyone's got, would like any assistance really to understand uh, what they are turning over, typically your accountant will be giving you a number the, when you get do your tax return. But if you want to get more immediate information, as I said, as you're going through the year, as Matt made the suggestion, that's the easiest way to calculate it. Um, and would suggest that you should all do that just to really understand actually what you are getting uh, as far as an income from the wonderful work you do for your community. Um, well, on that note, I'd like to say thank you very much for your time and uh, appreciate it, Matt, and uh, your time as the listener. And we look forward to being of service to you soon. See you later. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.